Welcome, everybody, to Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, fresh off a Bear Bryant Award luncheon with my man, I can say it now, Mark Vandermeer, my man, Luke Fickle. You talk about fun. That was really fun. Luke yeah. Fickle is awesome. Well, he is awesome. Had a great job. He was our 2021 Bear Bryant Award winner uh, as the National College Coach of the Year, but he couldn't make the trip. And everybody was on Zoom. He couldn't make the trip. But when he got done, he had told the Bear Bryant Award people, he's like, man, I feel really bad for not being there. And they're like, well, hey, would you come back for a luncheon in May? He said, absolutely. Took the flight this morning, got in, uh, had a great time talking to him. And that's where Landry and John were this morning uh, and this afternoon, talking with Luke Fickle. And, of course, it was awesome talking about – we talked about that debate for a long time, sauce versus Stingley, Stingley versus sauce, to get his – version of and get his explanation of sauce and it was so funny because and he said this on the radio and I told Landry and John this before they told me that because I didn't hear their interview I was already in getting ready he never called him sauce oh he never called him sauce does not use the catchy nickname he did not and what he told Landry and John was he never called him sauce until he got drafted when he got drafted, he finally he called him sauce. He, now he you're called a him a pro. mod. He called him a mod the entire time. Now you're a pro. You're now you're, sauce. Now you're sauce. It's like people call Magic Johnson Irvin. Mm-hmm. Well, Irvin was right. a very good student athlete. Right. Well, Maybe. people that it, it's interesting because people will come up to me, and I can tell by how they address me where I know them from. So if people call me John, I know it's it's been okay. They know me from. They don't. They don't have, probably haven't listened to the radio, but maybe they know me from, you know, teaching or in Jacksonville or wherever. If people come up and call me Jaybird, my nickname, I know that's from you know back home. If people call me Johnny, then they've spent some time with me in radio, right? Because that's what you do, you know. That and so that's how I know people will refer to me. And so when he calls him Ahmad, he'll know those are because of his days at Cincinnati. You know who has that on steroids? Drew Doherty, who is also Andrew and, Doherty. Yes, and Andy to some. Oh, Andy to many. Andy to everybody in Houston who knew him growing up. In yes. fact, I saw somebody on the over the weekend. They're like, oh, you work with Andy. I'm like, right. who the heck is, oh, Drew. Okay, yes. gotcha, gotcha. Who is dear Andy? Yeah. Who is <laughs> So I get Vandy right here. Yeah. I got that in Miami. Before Miami, I never got that. No never? one ever called me that. Well, maybe a never? little bit in school. But I got Vandy starting in Miami. They just started calling me that, and it just bled over here. It's a pretty natural nickname, so yeah. that's how it happened. I don't know. I don't like calling you Vandy. I don't know why. I, You know, I'm fine with whatever people want to call me as long as it's employed. Yeah. You know, call me employed, and that's a good <laughs> thing. That is a good thing. And you are the voice of the Texans. And, Mark, I started thinking about we watched OTAs yesterday, and we got excited about some of the things that we saw. And I started thinking about the – 14 different opponents that we are are taking on this year. And we did this a li- we did this a little bit but not particular players. Okay. So, I'm going to hit you with a team. Hit me. You tell me the player. And it's hard to say the player you're most excited about seeing. Mm-hmm. But I'll say it this way. The player you're most intrigued mm-hmm. that we're going to face, the player that worries you the most. For each opponent, I'm just gonna fire a team at you. You tell me the player you're most intrigued to see, and the player, and it might be the same guy, it might be the same person, and you tell me the player that worries you 
the most. So should we go non-quarterbacks? Non-quarterbacks. Non-quarterbacks. Because non-quarterbacks. obviously, you know, when you name certain teams, well, I'm going to name the quarterback. Now, you can throw – when we get to those certain teams, you can throw in the quarterback and say this would have been I that can, guy. And I, yeah, I, I can tell you if definitively it's not the quarterback. Like, you know where I'm going here in the division with this one. Yes, And yes. maybe two teams, but go on. And that's because uh, with Tennessee, we're not going to start in Tennessee. That would be easy. Easy. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, player, you are – most intrigued to see. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a new player. Could be a player that's been there for 10, 12 years. Could be a draft choice. Play could be that's a good one. Uh player you're most worried about facing. Okay. All right. I'm gonna start out with probably the hardest team to do this. Okay, do it. Over in the NFC East, the New York football Giants. Player you're most intrigued to see, the player you're most worried about facing. Okay, well, you know, the Daniel Jones thing, of course, I started with the quarterback, but I'm not supposed to, <laughs> is intriguing because I want to see if he survives the season. Yes. And they didn't pick up year five, which is awkward, okay? It's yes. kind of like saying, listen, we're going to get a divorce in a year, right? but we're going to stick it out for this year to see if we can do we this. We won't date anybody just yet. Yeah, we're not going to date. But it's coming. We might have a bit of a wandering eye, but right. we're not dating. So I want to see how that drama plays out, but I think Saquon Barkley is the player, Johnny, and I think he's the one I might be most concerned with. You know, on defense, it would be Thibodeau as yes. far as the intrigue goes. How's he doing by the yeah. time we get there? Because it's Chicago early, the Giants late. I finally got that straight. Yep. Relatively early November. Yep. But to me, it's Saquon Barkley. Is Saquon Barkley healthy? Is he finally doing everything that you've wanted him to do if you were a Giants fan? And I want to see how that plays out. And I think if you're able to slow down that running game, this pass rush can get after the Giants. I kind of – look, who knows what the Giants are going to look like and the Texans are going to look like by the time you face them. But yeah. as far as where we sit right sure. now, exactly. that's how I'd break this thing down and go ahead. you got to protect the quarterback, Davis Mills, against this defense, especially if Thibodeau turns out to be something in his rookie year. It's hard for a rookie pass rusher, especially one with the kind of – the kind of credibility and cachet that Thibodeau comes in with, because right. you know he's going to attract a lot of attention. But by then, they're going to have it all sorted out whichever way they can. Yep. They'll have it, I shouldn't say sorted out, they'll have it figured out. Whether they have it figured out execution wise is another thing, but it's Barkley. Am I right? Yeah, I, I think the intrigue of, of Saquon Barkley, I, just there was a video posted by the Giants social team the other day just showing him at practice, and he was just running a drill. But he's one of those where you have to go under, you've got the kind of, uh, Upside down U shaped device, and you got to go underneath it. So basically, you got to oh, get yeah. your pad level and shoot through it, and then kind of duck through some some uh, bags. And they showed him doing that, and it just looked way too easy because that's not an easy thing to do. And he just flew through it. I thought, wow, if he's healthy, wow, holy smokes, he's a problem. And we saw him as a rookie in 2018, and he didn't do a ton in that game, but he did enough that worried all of us. And they ended up walking out of there with a W and gave us a third straight loss. So I Ooh. think I think Barkley's, Barkley is definitely the play. Uh, Thibodeau, I'm curious about. Very curious about how that goes with the New York Giants. The player that worries me the most, I, you're probably right, it's probably Barkley. And I think that just goes to show the Giants, there aren't very many other options that I thought about where I go, yeah, these other – no. I think it would ha- it'd have to be Barkley – Maybe Leonard Williams inside, depending on how our interior comes together. Leonard Williams can end up being a problem for the Giants. All right. The week after we play the Giants, we will play the 
artist formerly known as the Washington football team, at noon on November 20th, Washington Commanders, player that intrigues you the most, player that worries you. And I can't do quarterback. Uh, I mean, look, Carson Wentz is the definition. Chase Young concerns me. Yes. And he also intrigues me to a high degree. Yes, I'm off an ACL tear. He's fascinating, though, when he's on and the kind of team leader he is. But I'll also go Antonio Gibson. Isn't he one of the seven players to rush for over 1,000 yards last yes. year? He was, yeah, he's so a good player. So the running game for the Washington football team, now known as the Commanders, or the Commandos, as Seth Payne would say, <laughs> has a running game. And, oh, J.D. McKissick is there. They've got some guys. So this is interesting to slow down that ground game. But, look, let's be honest here. We all want to see Taylor Heineke play. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we all want to see. We all want to see Carson Wentz. Heineke, by the way, is he one for one as a Texan or something like that, or one for two and a sack and a concussion? Yeah, those are his stats. He, he hit all the different boxes in a, in like one possession, one <laughs> series. Yes, I, I think TJ the coaches came back in the game. The coaches were really sad because he came in with a little spark and then left just as fast. I know. Uh, but. Let's be honest. We all want to see how the Carson Wentz drama plays out in the nation's capital or Southern Virginia or wherever they might be. By the way, you got me down a wormhole here because you brought up that week three loss to the Giants in 2018. And that was a year before Daniel Jones, but it was Eli Manning. Yeah, it was Eli Manning throwing two TDs, no picks. He Eli was twenty-five was... of twenty-nine. He was on that day. Boy, he's had some good games against the Texans. And I, I hate that. How about this stat? Okay. The Texans have never beaten Eli Manning, mm-hmm. and the Texans have only beaten the Giants without Eli Manning. With the, uh, the Kerry first, Collins, first year of franchise existence, and they've the beaten Kerry win. Collins on other occasions and yes. lost to him on other occasions. Yes, they've uh, never beaten Eli Manning. And obviously 06 at this point, up there, 10 here. That was a bloodbath. That was really oh, horrible. 10, 14 up there with oh. the Hopkins catch that didn't count, and then 18. Yes, you're that right. That was such a ridiculous catch. Okay. September 18th at 3.25, the Texans' first road game of the season will be against the Denver Broncos. Now, there are plenty of players in the Broncos that we know, one in Mm -hmm. particular that we still miss and love, and that's Kareem Jackson. He is still there playing safety alongside Justin Simmons, but they have a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. They have a new quarterback who I know will intrigue and worry us, Russell Wilson, so we don't even have to mention him. But the Denver Bronco that intrigues you, the Denver Bronco that worries you. Again, we can't go quarterback here, Russell Wilson. We know it's Russell. Uh, We know it's Russell. I think Cortland Sutton is always interesting. Yes. As far as intrigue, maybe, and somebody to worry about downfield, right? Somebody to be concerned about. Does Melvin Gordon have anything left for you at all? Uh, Bradley Chubb rushing the passer. Yep. That's a concern as well. Yep. So I think if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, he ends up being a problem uh, off the edge. Justin Simmons, to me, it's weird because Justin Simmons, I I madly respect. I don't know if I worry about him. Maybe it's just the position he plays at safety. But the, we're floating the ball in the middle of the field. He's going to go get it. I mean, like, we can't float the ball in the middle of the field. We can't be late down the middle. we got to be very sure about where we're throwing the ball because he's going to go find it. He's a really good player. Weird things have happened at Denver, win and lose, for the Houston Texans. Thrumble. The thrumble happened. Tim Tebow throwing for 300 yards oh happened. Oh, God. Yeah, 2010. The As for- a rookie. That's a forgotten game in Texans history that Tebow actually oh. threw for 300 yards against you. And I was there, of course, 
and I couldn't believe it. None of us could believe it. Is Tim Tebow just torching your defense as a passer? Ouch. That hurt a lot. Uh, 2012 was not a weird win. It was a great win yeah, great that win. day, week three. Schaub looking good early. Broncos coming back on you a little bit late here, but you held them off. Nice. 2004, that was another strange day because you played them in the preseason, a game that was actually colder than the regular season game you played in October. It was weird. 2018. We're forgetting about the greatest preseason game in Texans history in 2014 with oh, Tom I Savage. I know. It was through the game-winning touchdown pass and two-point conversion. Yeah, Travis Labhart ended up being on one end of that. I think Ryan mm-hmm. Griffin was on the end of one of yes. those. Yes. It was Griffin and it was Labhart. I just can't remember Might which Might not order. be the greatest preseason game, but it's a memorable one as far as preseason context goes. 2018 going up there, and we're going up there yes. one week after DT is traded to us. Yes. And we see him on the on the scoreboard. That was you, weird. DT. And it's so odd because there are Bronco people – Bronco, uh, like employees, like standing by our 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 um, our tunnel to like wait to see him. His family is seeing him play for the first time in I don't know how long. It's nuts, so and he has three catches in the first like quarter drive on the first drive. <laughs> I think he had two on the first drive, and then all of a sudden this thing turns into an absolute slugfest. And what I remember more than anything was Kaimi Fairbairn hitting a field goal in the third quarter. And the wind is going – it was going like 35, 40 miles an hour. It was like blowing things sideways. And he somehow stuck a field goal in that gave us the lead, and then McManus missed one late uh, wide right. And That was so good. It was just – and we went into the bye that way. Every week of that winning streak felt like, oh, they did it again. They that nine-game winning streak. Some, fran- franchise record. But we ended up losing oh, no. to the Indianapolis Colts. That happened a few times in franchise history. We will bookend the 2022 season against the Colts at home and then on the road. Who is the player that intrigues you the most, the mm. Colt? Who is the player that worries you the most as a Colt? Oh, I have so many worries on this team. I know. Johnny, they have Stephon Gilmore. I keep forgetting that. I said that the other day to Deepy. We were talking about... <sighs> The, the moves that opponents made uh, that's that, good that concern us the most. Gilmore, Gilmore popped up for me, and I'm like, I, I don't think enough's being made of this. Now, they don't have Xavier Rhodes, but they have Gilmore, and I think Gilmore's better. If Gilmore's got a year left, that's twice a year we got to face that joke. Kenny Moore. Oh, you know I love me some Kenny Moore I know, now. I know. He might be my the favorite Forrest player. Buckner the Buckner up team. front, reeking havoc. Ouch. Darius Leonard, the turnover machine. He is no longer tackling people. He just punches the ball. He goes out. for the ball. But and guys a, go down because of the force of the. How many did he blow. get against us last year? Turnovers, <sighs> at least it was, two. It was at, at least two. One, at least one each game. Yeah. So I'm going to say he's my biggest concern still. I think so. Because without him, he's a leader type too. You feed off of him. Oh, Darius, he just fires everybody up. So does Buckner. At all three levels, they have a total stud. Yep. Right. Yep. Of the defense line, linebackers, and secondary total stud leader at all three position groups. Dom Capers once told me that's what you're really looking for here. Pro Bowl caliber, at least one guy in all position groups. Now, Matt Ryan, obviously, but we're not talking quarterbacks here. And Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, did you read that athletic uh, article on polling the Pro Bowl players anonymously and getting their MVP and some other things like favorite city to travel to? Houston actually got a couple of votes, which might not sound like much, but it was – good for second on favorite cities to go to for players. And it had nothing to do with playing there. It was no. all about traveling right. to there. So right. good for Houston anyway. 
Uh, but Jonathan Taylor was the MVP last year, according to these players, anonymous Pro Bowlers. He was, in the terms of in terms of valuable, yeah, he was that guy. It was interesting watching the, the in-season hard knocks last year. The lead up to the Patriots, their their Patriots game, and they talked about JT and they talked about what he could do and how they thought he could do it. And then he has that run at the end of the game where he just oh, yeah. kind of he slams the door on. He's him. a backbreaker runner. He hits that dagger backbreaking run at That's the end of games. He did that against the Texans too. He up there. worries me the most. Like Darius does, but if you have good if you have good ball security, I don't worry about that too much. But, man, it's way easier to slip a gap and miss a gap. And that joker's gone. Remember gone. he did that? I mean, in the game at Indy last year, Indy's controlled the game, but we're not dead yet. Mm -hmm. And then they're backed up, and then yeah. pops the seam. It's he pulls a Lamar Miller on you. All the way down the field. And they're like, great. That's That, I think, is why he worries me. They have so many. You're right. There's so many players on that team that worry me. I look at the Titans, and I'm like, eh, other than 22. I mean, like, I don't know. None of these other guys really worry me. Even Landry, Simmons does inside. The Colts, I look at, like, the guys you mentioned, Kenny Moore. You cannot be flipping with the ball. Two, 23 is going to find it. Darius and then Buckner at all three levels. And then Jonathan Taylor up front. I mean, Nelson worries me. He's just going to browbeat dudes up front. I mean, he's just – but I don't really worry about that because I know he's going to do that. Taylor, it's one cut to the house. In Gawkway. And it can be – I've always worried about Ngakwe. This is all not these guys good. Are, all, all these guys are on the same daggum team. But, 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 if Matt Ryan is tripping all over himself. Yeah, but he's, he doesn't, you know what, with everything else going well, like you give them last year's Colts team, I think it's going to go pretty well for them. They're certainly making the playoffs. They might lose a playoff game because that could happen to anybody, but I think they're certainly making the playoffs. Look at this team they're putting together. It reminds me. Look, I'm not going to go crazy here, folks. Bear with me. It's Ram-like in the sense that they're loading up. Yeah. They're loading up. People right. see Taylor. You just heard how the pro bowlers, the anonymous pro bowlers, pulled by the athletic feel about Taylor. So that means the word is out around the league. This guy is somebody who can really carry a football team on the ground. You had Matt Ryan. You have uh, receivers. They're a little light. You like Alec Pierce as a rookie. Maybe he can be all right. do some things. Michael Pittman. Maybe they need some work at receiver. Paris Campbell. Oh, they got our buddy Kiki QT. But when you look at the ground game, when you look at what they offer up on defense with Gilmore, Ngakwe, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, ouch, they're a problem. Let's go to the Titans. Yeah. Opening day, Johnny. Let's get them. Let's go to the other uh, team in the division. Fire it up. I need to play now. Coach. October 30th at 3.05 in the afternoon, a mm -hmm. late home game. I'll tell you this. I like the noon home games. I like the primetime home games. You don't like the late home games? I game? hate the afternoon. Why? I just – because I like when our game is over and then I get to watch the rest of the afternoon I know, games. I know, I know, I know. And now all of a sudden i got to be stressed watching the early games. Stressed. Worried about what's going to happen. So we play the Titans October 30th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon here. And then – December 24th, we play them at noon there. What player worries you the most? Mm. What player intrigues you the most with the Tennessee Titans? Well, you know who worries me the most, and he's not a quarterback. He's Derrick Henry, and how is he going to be? And I'll tell you another thing that worries me a little bit with them. Dontrell Hilliard played well for them last year, and it made yep. me regret that the Texans let him go when they did, considering yep. the problems Houston had with the running game, although I don't know if any back would have made a difference. Who knows? But – 
that Hassan Haskins draft choice they got, mm. that bothered me a lot. You know I liked him, and I had him in a Vandermark uh-huh. going to the Texans. I like this back, and I really think he's a great insurance policy for Henry. No more Deontay Foreman for them. We'll see how it goes. Robert Woods on the team. Nick Westbrook-Akine is a good receiver as well. Yep. We saw him put up big numbers against Houston and other teams. Austin Hooper at the tight end. And then defensively, Jeffrey Simmons, ouch, he's hurt you. Harold Landry, double-digit sack guy, and the only one in the AFC South? Is that it? I believe so. Uh, And Gawkery's coming over, but uh, Harold Landry, as far as incumbents go, he was the one. So, yeah, Johnny, they all concern me. I guess i got to name a guy here. I'll name Henry, intriguing, and a concern. Jeffrey Simmons, also a concern. Yeah, I, I would go with Simmons. Simmons is my concern. We've struggled We've struggled really containing him. I don't know if containing is the right word. We've struggled doing much effectively against him in the running game in particular. And he's made a couple of massive plays. The two-point conversion that he tipped in 2020, um, that, was a, that was a massive play. He's always around the ball. He's always going to be a problem. And he's the guy the Titans took a risk on. Hits him off the field issues, and he tore his ACL. They took him 19th, so we'll be okay with him. And he has been a model citizen. He's been great in the city of Nashville. I think the intriguing player to me is Westbrook Akine because I look at him and think he's got wide receiver two talent, if not better. Are they going to use him as wide receiver three? How do they fit Burks into that? When Tannehill gets in trouble, and like he did last year, he went, he went to Nick Westbrook-Akine, even with A.J. Brown and with Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. He went to Westbrook-Akine. The, the escape he had against us, who did he find on the sidelines? He found 15. He's gone to him in big spots. So he's a guy that intrigues me just because he always finds a way to make a play in a game against us. And you're like, dang it, that's not their best receiver, and yet he's making a big play against us. So uh, I would say Nick Westbrook-Akine intrigues me. But you're right. I mean, it's 22 and 98. Those are the two guys that worry. I mean, I worry about Bayard a little bit. But Bayard's never had great games against us. I love him as a player. I don't think he's ever had great games against us. He's never come away with a ton of interceptions or made a ton of plays in the game going, dang it, why are we testing that guy? Um, but I would say I would say it's 22 and 98, those John, two guys. Johnny, if you didn't know anything about these teams, other than maybe some individual performance stuff, Tennessee, Colts, and you just looked at them on paper right now. It's the Colts. It's the Colts. Colts all day long. But all you know the Titans are a team. Even though the Texans beat them once and came pretty close to being able to upset them again, the regular season finale, which would have cost the Titans the Three division. Spots. Oh, no, not the division. Not the they would have had the division. No, they would have won the division, but they would have played the first game at home, mm-hmm. and they would have played the, dang it, who played? Uh, well, the, ir- who the irony is this. Might have been better off and that way. might have been better a off. A week Absolutely. off. Then Derrick Henry was able to come back, and they handed the ball to him way too many times. He wasn't himself, and we know the rest of the story. I mean, I'd really love to have that. <laughs> Listen to me. A little ahead <laughs> of myself. Want buy this year, I would really? love okay. to have the bye this year. Johnny's thinking that we got a good shot at the bye. That's the headline. That's the tweet. Man, Just kidding. 2018, it. All we had to 2018? Do get... What about 2012? What about, oh, don't get me started on missed opportunities. We, we had a better opportunity in 2018 if we would have gotten the bye. What's the best non-playoff team? Non, all right, no. All right, that, that, it, that doesn't work because you make the playoffs anyway. All right, so 
I'm thinking 2009 and 2014. Those are two Texans teams yeah. that barely missed the playoffs right. that I think, I'm not saying could have gone to the Super Bowl, but could have done a little damage in the postseason. 2009 was on a hot streak yep. going into the postseason. Had they made it, they went and four 14, straight. And 14, we would have been taking the guy that was 2-0 down the stretch. Case, Case Keenum, Keenum into the playoffs. Into the playoffs, and you were starting to feel like a team. I think Keenum coming back, they knew him a lot of the guys. It felt good. They won those last two games. They beat a hot Ravens team at the time. A Ravens and, team that went into the playoffs. That was in the playoffs the next week. Yep. Or two weeks, I guess. Two after weeks we later, because Jacksonville was the finale. Yeah. Whatever. Missed opportunities. It's okay. Every team has them. And I want to have some opportunities and make them this time. Okay. Give me one team from the team. Give me one player from each of these teams. You can throw a quarterback Rapid in fire. there if you want. Rapid fire. Here we go. Okay. Bears. Uh, Fields. Chargers. Uh, Eckler. Uh, Jaguars. Uh, obviously, it's Herbert. Yeah, but yeah. Eckler. Uh, Chargers. Oh, I'll give you one for the Chargers. ETN. Because... Oh, no, the, the Jaguars, rather, yeah, because Jaguars. Jaguars. you said Jaguars, right? Yeah. So Jaguars, ETN, because he's coming it's back. A, it's a great I see one. him in practice healthy. I'm curious about him. Raiders. All right, Raiders. Don't say Colin Kaepernick because it's not set in stone yet. Yeah, yeah, it's I just a tryout. I understand. Uh, the coach, McDaniels. Very nice. Eagles. Hurts. Uh, let's see who we missed. Oh, Dolphins. Yeah. What? Who's the Dolphins? Well, I know, but you think it's Tua? I want to see Hill. I think it's Tyreek. Yeah. I think it's Hill's Tyreek. Hill's the guy. Two didn't scare me. Hill, Waddle, Gasecki, ouch. I think it's Tyreek. Um, Browns. Uh, yeah, please. Next. Cowboys. Well, it's the whole package here. When you look at paying Zeke, Dak, Dak is Dak. Okay, yeah. I get it. You got to pay your quarterback. That paying Zeke decision is not working out the way they want, you know, and they like Pollard too. And we'll see where it all goes. I'll give you the one name. It's a local guy. Okay. CD. CD's a dude. He is. He's He's, tough. He's a problem. He's tough. Chiefs. Uh, You know, the obvious there, but how about Edwards Alaire? Can they run the football? See what they do with him. Yep. And then Titans, Jaguars, Colts. We talked about those. Mark. Very nice. All right, we get back. Drew Doherty is going to join me, and it's time for In the Lab next, right here at Texans All Access. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. Been a fun one for me. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Had a chance to meet and do a Q&A with University of Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle. He was our 2021 Bear Bryant Award National Coach of the Year. That was fun to do earlier in the day really good stuff and he was also uh, on with John Landry so check out the Odyssey app so you can get that interview but really really fun stuff this afternoon and fun stuff with my man Drew Doherty let's do a little in the lab and it just so happens that we did talk about defensive back Derek Stingley chosen at number three by the Texans and this wide receiver group that we saw at OTAs here we go we're going to talk about defensive backs and wide receivers today because we were out at OTAs. That's really the matchups that you closest to a regular game, but you still got to put an asterisk by sure. there because down in the trenches you're not hitting and you're not doing all the swinging and banging that you oh, would. Oh, I watched a lot of trench work today. I know, but there's not the full yeah. contact that you would have. It's a little closer of an approximation, but I still. You. You know, oh, I, know you, I know what you mean. But let's chit-chat about it. Steven Nelson, kind of the marquee addition mm-hmm. via free agency yep. uh, defensively. Yep. Stingley, who was out there for much of today, not yeah. all of today. 
but he's the, the marquee addition through the draft. I was pretty encouraged by what I saw. Both sides of the ball made plays. It's the first day of OTA, so you know, look into that and dive into that what you will. But Steven Nelson, Derek Stingley, Desmond King, Tavier Thomas, Tremont Smith, those are guys that made plays, did things for this defense last yep. year that um, on a defense that lost 13 games, hey, it's tough to find many bright spots, but in sections, in, in portions, they were bright spots, and you think these guys added are going to help make that bright spot even brighter maybe yeah stingley um i mean you've watched i've watched him since 2019 and I, i've loved watching him play just the the smooth aspect of his game his the explosiveness that he has in his game the ball skills just looks bigger than six feet too i mean I, six I, feet I, also I mean. yeah i I've, I've said that I, I when he was in college i always thought he was six one six two mm-hmm. they said he was six lower six foot i was like i, I mean i get the whole like you lie in the program, but the combine sure. tells you the truth, sort of thing. But he, in in today's game, six foot one ninety is the the perfect size to go against the number of receivers, especially if you can adjust to a guy like Tyreek Hill, and then you can adjust to a guy like DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. and then obviously anybody uh, in between. But you know, watching those guys run around a little bit today, it was good. It was competitive to a degree. I mean, obviously, even DBs can't go full on to break up passes and do those kind of things. But I just feel overall, just watching the, the DB group, it feels like there's a high level of athleticism in that entire group. Mm-hmm. Talking about the guys that they brought back from last year. Um, I think having a guy like Stingley, having a guy like Nelson allows Des King to play a position. He's more, even more comfortable than he was outside. And that's stepping inside playing the nickel. And he could do some of that, you know, tab played tremendously, uh, in the nickel spot. Jalen Petrie is able to do that. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I really like watching Jalen Petrie. I, I, w- I was a big fan of him coming out of Baylor. Uh, you and I did you know, those mock drafts, mock simulations mm-hmm. all the time, and I don't know how many of them that you and I both had Jalen Petrie going there at number 37, and I was glad to see the Texans were interested because he just th- – there's a different – he adds something different. Yeah. You know, it's not salt and pepper. There's this different seasoning that's in there. You like, you can't put it's your like finger Tony Shashries. On it. Yeah, it's like you can't put your finger on it. It's a combination of a lot of different things, but it's really good. Yeah, and I really, I really like it. One of my favorites, are guys on YouTube, is uh, this guy Matt at Meat Church. He does a he does a thing. It's called Holy Voodoo, and it's like that. It's like I don't know what's all in that, and I use it on everything. Right. It's really good. So hopefully, Jalen Petrie can be Holy Voodoo. You know, you just you just brought up something. It seems like there's a surplus almost of guys who are capable of playing that nickel position. Sure, there on yeah. this team at least. Yeah, I think I think there are, and obviously with injuries and yeah, whatever yeah, else yeah. that'll get chipped team. away at. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like the slot receiver position in some sense. I mean, I think this year probably more than any other year that I've ever I've ever been here. I remember one year there was a there was Kiki T and there was one other guy, and I thought, okay, these guys are going to kind of battle it out, and then neither one of them were really good. So. I remember thinking at the time, okay, we'll get a slot receiver out of this, right? And then they really did. Yeah. So my hope is you do throw enough paint at the canvas that you'll find a guy. And the thing is, I thought Tab did a great job. Um, and, and Desmond, I thought, played you know well on the outside. There are going to be times where Desmond's not going to be the right guy on the outside because he's 5'10". Mm-hmm. But he's got a 38, 39-inch vertical or whatever it is so that he can challenge taller receivers. But just God-given – traits he's 5'10 so that's gonna that's gonna hurt you at some point whereas you know, Stingley's got a couple of inches 
that's going to help him in that coverage. Steven Nelson is uh, at least 5'11", maybe bordering on six foot. And he's and Nelson's seen some things on the outside, and he's played majority of the outside. So I'm curious how that all will come together. And then corner, you know, you mentioned corner is Stingley and Nelson being added to that fray, Petrie being added at safety. But how do the safety positions come together? Because last year at times it was Justin Reed and Lonnie Johnson, which was not a safety combination that really was successful. Eric Reed, Eric Reed, Justin Reed and Eric Murray were back there. There is an Eric Reed, who's Justin's brother, but mm-hmm. he just wasn't back there. But Justin Reed, Eric Murray, I thought that unit had some some synergy. I really liked when Justin Reed was back there with Jonathan Owens and J.O. was coming back from the injury he had against San Francisco. But now you throw J.P. in the mix, Jalen Petrie in there with J.O. And you know Eric Murray is coming back, as Lovie Smith said uh, on Tuesday, about some procedure whatever. So he's kind of working his way back. But – I look at that safety position, and I'm, I'm intrigued by the possibilities of what it could be. From what it was and some of the options we saw last year, obviously Justin moved to Kansas City, Lonnie's in Kansas City, moved to corner at some point. But you got J.O. coming back, who I think there's a lot on tap potential with. you got Jalen Petrie, who's a rookie who uh, we already talked about. Um, and I, I still think that Eric Murray plays good ball back there at safety, just – Stuck at safety, or I should say, when stuck you're not at moving him around, right. having him play exactly. out of really out of like, yeah, yeah he is the entire capable first of playing, year. but it's yeah, it's not where his and, best and it, fit. It didn't help. Obviously, he gets his big contract, and oh, Eric, Mar- and then the first thing they do is instead of you're going to play safety and you're going to make that money, it was like, well, we paid you all this money, we're going to move you all around. It was like, yeah, the first year of a guy, I hate seeing a guy have to do that. Because I think that just erodes a guy's confidence. Like, okay, well, now I'm at the star, so i got to do this. Okay, well, now I'm back at safety, so I'm doing this. So if I rotate, they you know, trade, i got to shift. Hey, just let a guy play a position. Yeah. Let him play and see what he can do. Hey, and then on the flip side, am I dumb for being really excited? Uh, and almost, I, I hadn't forgotten, but it was a nice reminder seeing him out there today. Philip Dorsett. Yeah. He didn't get to play much with the Texans last yeah. year, but when he did, I mean, he was impactful. He was a really he did a good job for the Texans and thought he looked pretty nice today. And am I am I off base? No. Having some optimism there no, and, and thinking that he's gonna be a nice addition because man, it was really good seeing Brandon Cooks. And he is yeah. the lead dog and I, you know, we contend that he's if not the most underrated, but one of the most underrated receivers in the entire game. Yeah. Great seeing him out there. But it was cool seeing Dorsett. He's a veteran, he's been around the block, he's somebody that I think Davis Mills had a nice little connection with at times. I think what happens with Brandon, um, and I, I thought about this a, a long time ago. I thought about Jawan Howard, uh, and I'm going somewhere. Jawan, Jawan was, I thought, a really good NBA player. But I think Jawan's legacy was that he was really good, but he kept getting traded. So I think the yeah. perception was, well, maybe he's not that good because he keeps getting traded. I think maybe that Brandon kind of fell into that in some sense. He was traded because teams wanted him. He got to Houston, and now he's been able to establish himself for the last couple of years. And he obviously had Sean. He's playing with twenty twenty. He's playing with Davis last year. Now he's playing with Davis again. You know, look, you you create that synergy, and now there have been some other weapons added around him that you know maybe you're not going to roll your coverage to Brandon. Maybe it's not going to be double teams all the time. Yeah. Maybe there's going to be opportunities. Hey, Nico Collins is really hurting us in this game. Maybe we need to roll coverage there and take our chances with this corner against Brandon Cooks and see, you know, Brandon then has a 7-8 catch game. That San Francisco game I think was a great example of how good Brandon really is because they were doing everything to stop him because that mm-hmm. day was like nobody else was really stepping up to make a play. It was Brandon. And there were times where they 
would man up on Brandon and then try and roll the safety over, and he'd beat it. Mm -hmm. Then down in the end zone, they've got him kind of in a bracket coverage. He beats that for a touchdown. I think Brandon, and of course we're biased, but I think him being traded, I think perception-wise to the general public outside of Houston, they look at it, and even some in Houston, look at it, well, you know, if he was that good, he would have stayed in one place. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. It right. doesn't mean he's not a great player. Same as Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard is a fantastic NBA player, but because he kept getting traded, I think it probably hurt his perception. I think it maybe is that way for Brandon Cooks. But to your point um, about Philip Dorsett, I was kind of the same way. I'm watching number four, which last year he wore number two. Mm-hmm. And Phil's never, you know, he's been in situations where he's been part of the band, and but he's never really been kind of the the, the lead bass or right. the lead guitar, and so maybe this opportunity here in Houston gives an opportunity to you know have a few more solos at the concert in some sense, and I think that would end up being a good thing for him. Dude can smoke. I yeah. mean, he can fly. So it's just a matter of getting you know things to him, uh, putting things or having things in the playbook that work for Dorsett individually, that work for Brandon Cooks, that work for Nico Collins. And they all do different things, and that's just the start. And at some point, hopefully you'll get something from Chris Moore and Chris Conley, and then you got John Mechie. Uh, that, and I, and the, the thing with Mechie, because I know people are like, what about Mechie? You drafted him. Yeah, we just don't know. He tore his ACL in December. Mm-hmm. So if the ACL surgery and rehab is 9 to 12 months, that puts him back anywhere between – mid to late September, and early December. Now, come back in early December, you got probably five, six games left. You come back in September, you've got almost the, the whole season. season. Yeah, yeah. So that becomes interesting there as well. But I feel better about the group they have, and maybe a large part of that is because Philip Dorsett's in it, mm-hmm. because he provides something that you just cannot coach, as they say. What's You can't coach speed. <laughs> Well, it's nice to coach speed when you have it because then you can do some things. And I, I know this is a long time ago, but I, what, 20 some odd years ago when I was coaching, I had a, a young man who was in eighth grade. He's the fastest kid in the whole school. And we really never had any speed. And so I pulled him up to the varsity because I'm like, I got this, this toy. I got this kid that runs 4 3. I'm going to use him. I was like, even if I just use my go routes, like, I want to use him. Right. And I did. I put him out, at, I put him out wide and he would be a wide receiver, and it was like, go route, man, go. And we did. We hit some bobs. We couldn't – we never had done that before. Huh. And all of a sudden, we put him out there, and I was kind of like, this is kind of fun. Hey, can you do a hitching go? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Next game, <laughs> touchdown. It was so fun because it's like, I got speed. I was always slow. So it's like when you have speed and you know when you're matched up against a guy like that, and it was in – and Jackson was a great example of that. And I can't remember who was matched up with him. But Dorsett, the ball's in the air, and Dorsett is pulling away. As Davis is thrown to the spot, Dorsett's pulling away and catching it clean. Yeah. And you're like, you just you didn't have other guys outside of Brandon that could that could do that. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have that with Phillip, and hopefully he can stay healthy and, and find a nice role and find a nice fit here um, that he has probably been looking for for a long time. And for the record on Mechie, you know, he didn't didn't really practice today, obviously, right. because of the knee. But Cooks, when he was asked about Mechie, Cooks kind of lit up and, yeah. and said really good things about him and said, oh, he's special. And, yeah. and uh, he, he seems pretty enthused about what Mechie will be able to do once right. he does come on the field. And there's no timetable on that, as we heard um, as we heard Nick Casario say after the draft. Because Mechie... That need to be. Yeah, Mechie was like, I'll be ready January, July. And Casario's like, hold on. 
you know, well, you'll be ready when you're ready, <laughs> right, and yeah. then you'll go out there. Which I think is the you want to be that's conser- the approach. Yeah, you want to be very conservative with right. that, and as far as getting him back, because right. you're in it for the long haul. You're not in it for Bingo. September and October. Bingo. But nice. you do want to win in September. Right? You, you just, do, you're not, obviously. You're not you want to sacrifice the future for it, and you want to get a rookie up to speed as much as you possibly can. I mean, the good thing is he has played in the SEC, so he's played some mm-hmm. NFL defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of those guys probably took a pay cut coming from the SEC. Did I say that out loud? I mean, with all this NIL stuff, Hold those on guys. Now. Speaking of taking a pay cut jokes, one time I had a chance to talk on the phone with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. The old wrestler. Yeah. Had a two-by-four. Yeah, he was awesome. He was really cool. America. Yeah. I went to SMU. You did. Graduated in the 90s. He went to SMU and graduated in the 70s, and I brought that up. I was like, hey, man, you, you played for SMU football. I went there, and he's yeah. like, Oh, yeah, Mean Gene Okerlund once said, I'm the only guy that came to WWF and took a pay cut. Oh, man, there's nothing better than to finish the segment talking about Hacksaw Dugan. Oh, boy. All right, we get back. We'll go around the NFL, including in the news, a former Pro Bowl quarterback getting another shot in the NFL out in Vegas. Will it work for Colin Kaepernick? That'll be next on Texans All Access. All Access. All Access. We want to follow the segment of this Wednesday edition of Texas All Access. Appreciate Drew and Mark for being here and kicking it, if you will. Uh, I guess I've used that phrase a lot because I've been watching the Wu-Tang biopic on Hulu, which is very, very good. And I hear kicking it and not I mean a lot. So I think I've said not I mean. I said it to my son the other day, and he looked at me like, what? So, yeah, it happens. All right, let's go around the NFL and start with probably the biggest news as it pertains to Colin Kaepernick that I can think of. And that is, he is going to have a tryout with the, I almost said the Oakland Raiders, but it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. I think Adam Schefter was the first one that I saw with this news. It doesn't promise him a spot on the roster, obviously, um, but it does give him the opportunity to at least get a workout in front of NFL eyes. Schefter tweeted this about, about, I don't know, about three or four hours ago, Colin Kaepernick, who last played football in 2016, the same year he started kneeling during the National Anthem protest, racial injustice, is scheduled to work out this week for the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a workout. Never know what's going to come of it. But I will say I'm curious what a guy has in the tank six years later, um, and I hope he gets a, a fair opportunity. Looking forward. Pittsburgh Steelers have named their general manager – and it is VP Omar Khan. So the Steelers do what's kind of expected in some sense. They keep it in-house. Said Art Rooney the second Steelers owner, Omar has been an integral part of our football operations department during his 21 years with the team, and that experience will serve him well in his new position. Also news coming from the AFC North, the Browns announced the official signing of Jadeveon Clowney to a one-year contract. I don't know what Clowney's going to do in OTAs. Does he know what to do? He hasn't been to OTAs, I think, ever. But he is a Brown, and we'll see him later this season. A big thanks to Mark, to Drew, to Chris Santiago, and all you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans.